Can changing your corner of the universe change the world? We think so. You've heard the quote, be the change you want to see in the world. But what does that look like? This is where we meet the people that are walking that out. One person, one idea, one decision at a time. Here's Vaden and Rex. All right, welcome back to another episode of My Corner of the Universe. Today's guest is Caitlin from Bags to Beds. She's going to teach you about Plarn. If you've never heard of Plarn, definitely stay tuned. What I love about what she's doing is she took uh, the idea of learning about something she didn't know about, and then later in that same day or week, boom, the universe hit her with how she can use it, and she took action. And that's really the main lesson that I took away is we all get hit with these ideas, but she's taking action. So that's what I love. And uh, it's a great story of upcycling and her vision for being able to expand this all over the U.S. and potentially around the world. She already has people from different countries reaching out to her that she's helping uh, teach them how to use Plarn. And it's also just a great example of how she's making a difference in her own little corner of the universe. Stay tuned. All right. Welcome to another episode of My Corner of the Universe. Today, we have a special guest, Caitlin McLean, joining us with Bags to Beds. How are you, Caitlin? I'm doing well, thank you. All right, so tell us a little bit, what is Bags for Beds? So Bags to Beds is an organization that I helped start, well, started in late 2017, early 2018, in an effort to reduce plastic waste and also provide resources to people experiencing homelessness. Okay, so let's let's jump into that a little bit. How did that genesis start for you? Absolutely. So it was kind of a culmination of several different things that I heard about and read about all at the same time. Um, this idea of plastic yarn that we use, or plarn, as we call it affectionately, this plarn, has been around, right? plarn, yeah. This has been around since the 1980s, or possibly even earlier. Um, and I heard about this, the place where we get all of our great news these days, Facebook. All so right. it's plastic yarn uh, used to be used for things like making your own reusable grocery bags, which I love, making mats for your back porch. Um, and as a college student at the time, I looked at that and I thought, well, that's kind of neat. But as someone who doesn't have a back porch, I don't know that I need to be doing it, but good for the universe, right? Um, and then the same exact day, by happenstance, I read a local newspaper article um, in Salt Lake City about the number of people who, in my particular city, freeze to death every winter. And oh, I was wow. completely astounded it's over 100 every year in Salt Lake alone. Oh, my gosh. And, I mean, we're talking legitimately freeze to death. We're not talking about overdoses. We're not talking about anything else. Just physical cold. And uh, it really sat with me. I couldn't let that, that go, uh, the fact that the most basic of human needs wasn't being met. And then I had this idea of what if we combine that plastic yarn I had just heard about with creating something that might keep people warm. Okay, awesome. So it was basically the the universe was steering you in a direction. Once you, you found out about Plarn, all of a sudden you you're instantly got an idea of how it could be used. Exactly, yeah. So what did you do next? What was the next step? Next step for me is uh, what most college kids do when they have an idea. I called my mom. <laughs> all right. um, and I said, look, mom, I know you've been trying to teach me to crochet for years, but now I actually want to learn. Uh, All right. And she was enthusiastic about that. She taught me to learn that same week. And uh, as soon as I was crocheting, I got about, I don't know, six inches into a mat that I was making out of the grocery bags from under my kitchen sink where we all keep them. And I thought, you know what? This is so approachable. I've got to start teaching my friends. So let's back up a little bit. Did you watch some YouTube videos? How did you turn a bag into plarn? 
Great question. I did. I Googled it. Uh, I used uh, Google Scholar. I, you know, I, I did my research. And right. yeah, this plastic yarn has been around for a while. You just got to go looking for it. So it's as simple as cutting bags into pieces, tying those pieces together, using that as yarn. Um, and then by trial and error, I found the method that I think works best for what we're making. It's a little bit different for whatever you want to make out of it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And so you you get into the process, you start you know making it and you're like, okay, I think that we might be able to do this on a larger scale or what was your initial kind of thoughts? Yeah, I got to be honest. I was honestly trying to not think that. I was trying to to come up with a way to, you know, kind of quietly do this in my dorm room and maybe teach a couple of friends and be happy that instead of one bed, we had three or four. But the more and more I did it and the more I looked at it in the corner of my living room, the more I thought, man, this is so approachable. You can do it from home. You can do it anywhere in the world. You only need a few dollars, a crochet hook and some scissors. And uh, I just I, I kept thinking in my head, this could be really big if I put some time into it. Awesome. And so the first one you complete is, I mean, are you happy with that product? Are you like, <laughs> oh, there's got to be a lot of improvements I can make on this? Between the two, I mean, I was definitely a brand new crocheter. I couldn't keep my edges straight. Had uh-huh. a little bit of a mermaid tail going on. I got better as the mat went on. You could tell I was learning. But the truth is, as far as an insulator between yourself and the ground, it doesn't really matter what the edges look like. Right, totally. So the fact that I, as a terrible, truly terrible crocheter, had still made something so very durable and useful, to me, was a very good sign. Okay, so that brings up a great point. Once it's all crocheted together, it's, it's a very durable item at that point? It is. It, it really is. I think this is a great example of upcycling. You take this very thin, flimsy plastic film. It's not good for a heck of a lot once you've carried your groceries in it once. Um, and by weaving it together, you're making it incredibly durable, like a much much like a, a thicker, more durable plastic, but also less uh, likely to tear or break because it's woven in multiple directions. Okay. And, and so is uh, the grocery bag the ideal uh, plarn material? It is. The grocery bag is the ideal material. You can also use thin plastic from, for example, newspapers or uh, anything like that. But that the waxier the bag is, the harder it is for the crocheter. So I just want to caution people, if you're a nice, muscly, experienced crocheter, go for it. Try any kind of thin plastic you could get your hands on. But if you're new and you're a little intimidated, just start with the nice crinkly uh, grocery bags. Those are the easiest to work with. Okay. And so as far as the, I, I'm trying to envision this, I, when I think plastic bag from the store, you know, kind of yeah. stitched together, I'm still thinking like, eh, this is going to be real thin. I mean, what does it turn out like, you know, as far as the, the thickness of it? Absolutely. So they're, they're actually quite neat to, to look at and frankly to touch, but in the end, they're usually half an inch to an inch thick. Um, because if you think about it, you're kind of crocheting with almost like small ropes of plastic, if you think about it. And then as you weave it in that single stitch, it's it becomes very three-dimensional. And so the whole mat itself, it's six feet by three feet, but it it's composed of almost 400 grocery bags. So it's fairly thick, it's very durable, and uh, the weave is tight enough that it doesn't fall apart. Okay, there's a good fact. 400 grocery bags is what it takes. Wow, yeah. that's a lot. Three to 500, depending on the size. You know, you use those real small grocery bags, you're going to take more, but... Yeah. So on that, that first go, were you just like bumming grocery bags from all your friends? What did that look like? Yeah, you'd be surprised. I uh, I put a box outside my bedroom door, no explanation, said grocery bags here. 
um, nice. I love it. <laughs> in my dorm, in the honors dorm at the University of Utah. And every day when I came home, it was full because everyone has these grocery bags stored away in a closet under a sink. Right. Yeah, of course. Hoping that they'll become useful. And truthfully, one out of 100 does. So uh, as soon as I asked, people brought them. And my, my neighbor or my roommates were uh, less than thrilled with the fact that we went from about <laughs> none to about a thousand in about a week. Oh, my gosh. I bet. Yeah. yeah. So uh, from there, you got your your prototype and the the first initial uh, group of friends that you tell about this. What was their reaction? So I told a couple of close friends and they thought, well, this is kind of neat, but you might need to find kind of a niche community. You might need to find like crocheting clubs who love the environment in order to pick it up. Uh-huh. Thought, You're right. You know, I'm, I'm not sure if this will really pick up. And then I had a conversation very uh, off the cuff with a volunteer coordinator that works at the community service center on campus. And she said, you know, Utah athletics is looking for a one-time project. Do you think that maybe you could teach them? And I thought, mm. well, you know, that's a nice trial run, right? It's only one time. It's a couple of hours. And um, when you get a few people from every Utah athletics team, suddenly word starts to spread. Okay. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's got to be big. I yeah. would imagine all the different departments. Uh, so this was a one-day event. So at that point, you start marketing, uh, you know, on one extent to it, putting flyers around. What, what did that look like? So in the very beginning, I think first step we did was we made a Facebook page. Okay. With just the shortest of blurbs, basically. We are here to take plastic grocery bags, turn them into plarn, turn those into mats. You know, follow us if you're interested and just message us because we didn't really even know how to start this um, movement, this phenomenon. And as soon as we started doing projects, we actually had a newspaper reporter at that very first project because the press loves athletics. And I didn't anticipate (laughs) I did not anticipate that my very first time teaching people outside my close friends would be uh, televised. But there was. And as soon as you get, we got it out there, there were immediately people, I mean, not hundreds, but maybe 10, 20 people messaging us or emailing us and saying, hey, I saw your particular name on the news. I looked you up. I found you. I sent you an email. I want to help. Wow. Um, and, and so are those started. students at this point or are they? In the very beginning, yeah, we had okay. a little bit of uh, student news coverage. And so it was kind of friends of friends, but it very quickly spiraled into um, you know, hey, I'm from this neighborhood and my neighbors and I want to do it or my church would like to do this or my uh, youth soccer team would like to do this. And it, it very quickly turned into we did not have to go recruit groups in the very beginning. They just came to us and said, do you, can you spare the time to come teach us? Wow. So the the first event seems like it was uh, went off really well. And how many mats came out of that? So the mats are kind of a long process. They take okay. for a very cro- for a very experienced crocheter about ten hours. Oh for wow! A brand new person, my very first mat took me about forty hours. Okay. So the when we do a one-time service project, most people are making the plarn because gotcha. that's about that ten seconds sense. to make you know one bag into plarn. But we started, I think, three or four mats at that project, and then through the course of a few months, they all got finished. Okay, so. This at that point is the help of the people that reached out to you as far as the crocheting part of it? Yeah. uh, In the very beginning, the crocheting was simply people who said, hey, I heard you're doing this. I like to crochet. How hard is this to do? Can you supply me with yarn? Things like that. 
And in the very, very beginning, I was so enthused to have crocheters that I would drive uh, 45 minutes or an hour away to give people plastic yarn in order to encourage them to just get started making a mat and not wait to make it themselves. Mm, okay. That may, that's, yeah, I like it. Uh, as far, I mean, I want to back up a step here, but I take it your, uh, your major had nothing to do with this? Not really. Um, so I was a dual major in physics and in psychology. Okay. And directly, no. But at the time when the idea came to me, I was in a thermodynamics class. And so oh, that's right. kind of how my yeah. brain went from this article about the deaths to the plarn was when you're sleeping outside, most people, if not all, know not to sleep in the snow because that's cold, right? So when you're sleeping downtown, you intentionally sleep on a sidewalk or on the road. Well, the problem is that's a hard surface. It sucks the heat from your body. And even if you're warm enough when you go to sleep, you gradually, your core temperature drops and drops and drops. And even if you don't die, there are some serious health ramifications. And so I thought, being in thermo, all right, what can you do to just stop the leaking of heat? Not to make someone warm, per se, but to stop them from freezing. And that's where the plan came in. Okay, gotcha. So jump back to where you had your initial um, group of mats that you've made. And then at this point, you're like, where do I take this? What did that that look like for you? Yeah, so I am not always a planner, but I was with this project in the beginning. Like I said, I was kind of trying to tell myself it wasn't feasible. As a dual major honor student, I didn't exactly have the time to start a business. So I was hoping for some reason that this would be not as feasible as it apparently was. And so I looked into, I looked into mat distribution before I even taught my first friend how to make the beds. And I reached out to the local homeless shelters and resource centers and said, hey, you know, have you heard of anything like this? If I were to make them for you and give them to you, do you think you could help me distribute them? And they immediately were like, yes, absolutely. Our shelters are over full. If you give us beds, then when the line ends for the night and we have to say, I'm sorry, the rest of you can't have a bed, they would give the next people in line one of our mats. Oh, wow. Yeah, we we were actually set up with the shelters downtown uh, long before I even had a bed finished. They're just anticipating your mats coming through. Awesome. (laughs) And so this is all in 2017, correct? So uh, most of it is really early 2018. Our first service project was in 2017. The pre-planning was, but then you get winter break. Um, and at this point, only a few dozen people have even heard of it. But then we come back from winter break mid-January and really hit the ground running. Awesome. And so now at this point, is it still just Facebook? Do you do any conventional type of flyer stuff? or? Uh, we started putting up flyers asking for crocheters. Okay. It, it was literally just a piece of paper with a heart on it that said crocheters wanted and our email address. We didn't explain what it was. We just said, if you know how to crochet, we want your help. Um, and I think that helped a little bit, but that's the point where we sat down and we decided to make a website and a GoFundMe, which was pretty instrumental for us and kind of started putting actual, um, I don't know, systems in place to support us in this work rather than just doing it all through a Facebook page. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's, as far as the GoFundMe goes, how was that experience? It was interesting. So I had never... Um, participated in crowdfunding before. I had, you know, donated to other people before, but I'd certainly never started a campaign. And in the beginning, it was just this, every student that we knew well, we said, if you could do us a favor and share it, that's incredibly impactful for us, right? Because the idea with the GoFundMe isn't that you're asking your cousins, it's that you're asking your cousins, 
victims as friends as friends. The people you never would talk to one-on-one. And we got some pretty impressive support from that. I think we raised three or $400, which for us was amazing. That's definitely enough for some flyers, some crochet hooks, some scissors, because before that GoFundMe, everything was coming out of my personal pocket. Right. Yeah. Um, And the first 10 people, no big deal, but the first hundred that starts to add up a little bit. And we actually got very lucky GoFundMe found our story and decided that they liked what we were doing because it was unique. It was original and it was very high impact for a low amount of money. And they actually donated a thousand dollars to us. Wow. Awesome. That's so rad. Um, yeah, that's how I found you was through GoFundMe. So, um, it goes to show that, you know, the, the crowdsourcing can work in multiple ways, you know, and hopefully we can keep the ball rolling for you as far as publicity goes. Is, is that avenue still available for people to contribute? Oh, absolutely. Yes, we're still okay. using the GoFundMe. We have two pages. It doesn't matter to, which, to us which one you use. One is just called Bags to Beds, and the other one is Bags to Beds 2019. Gotcha. Um, okay. Yes, we are, we are always in need of donations, especially now that we're trying to spread out to other cities farther away. There are higher costs associated with us helping send them supplies and get those people started. Awesome. Well, that's a great segue. Let's talk about that. Well, as far as your future plans or, or where things are at now, you're going to other cities. Wow, that's amazing. We are. And in the beginning, it was not a concerted effort. So, I mean, honestly, I feel so lucky the way this project has developed. It's often people coming to me with great ideas and saying, can you help me implement this? Or do you think this is a viable option for your program? And I'm always enthusiastic. And I say, we can try it. If it fails, it fails. But at least we've tried to increase our impact. And so it started with, I met a couple of PhD candidates that were for a few weeks at the University of Utah, but were attending school um, in in Pakistan, attending a university there. And they came to a service project with us, just with a bunch of other students. And two of the women said, you know what? We have this waste disposal problem in Pakistan where Mm. we weren't used to single use products. So people don't even know to throw them away. They're just everywhere. People don't know what to do. Recycling infrastructure doesn't exist. Wow. And, and they said, you know what? We have an, an extremely high homeless population. And no, most of them don't freeze to death. But that doesn't mean that this is not far better than them just floating around in our neighborhoods, which is what was happening to the bags. And mm. so this woman said, you know, let's keep in touch via email. And I'm going to start teaching my friends back home how to do this. And I thought, did we just go from one chapter in Salt Lake City, Utah to another in Pakistan? Yeah, I love it. It's kind of a big leap there. I feel like we skipped some steps. And uh, so then we we sat down as a group, the the board of directors and I sat down and said, okay, how can we start kind of intentionally spreading this model? And we now work mainly with college campuses because those are great places to find volunteers and find people who are very active in their communities. Right. But also, every time we get some publicity, We'll get people that reach out and say, hey, is there a chapter here or here? And then we can help them recruit other people in their area to get something started. Yeah, I would think the outreach side of things for you guys would be just a great way to um, teach people how to do this. Because I'm sure there's people all over the world that, A, have a ton of plastic bags. That and B, and can help people that, you know, are living on the streets. So um, I could definitely see that being a great avenue for you guys. And as far as the volunteer side, I think a lot of times people are looking for ways to volunteer and give back. And for someone to be able to sit in their home and make something that they know that is potentially going to be help someone that's out on the streets, I think is a great way for a lot of people that may not be as mobile or 
Um, maybe the, the times that they're available to help are those evening times or whatever it may be. So I think that's awesome. And it looks like you guys have um, lots of different ways within the actual project. Like you said, some people just make plarn, some people are crocheting, some people are distributing. So that's awesome as well. Absolutely. We, we want uh, our, our favorite thing about this project is how approachable it is for the community and that it's a great way to foster discussion anywhere that you're doing it, whether it's here with us in Salt Lake or anywhere else um, to talk about the resources that people have, the reasons that people might be on the streets and the fact that all it takes is one cold night to completely change someone's life. And uh, we're trying to kind of provide that buffer to help people reach the resources they need. But also with every bed we make, that's dozens of hours of conversation and community building, even before the bed gets to someone. Awesome. And so if, if someone's listening to this right now and they're like, wow, this is amazing. I maybe am not a crocheter, but I would like to be able to help out. What are some other ways that people might be able to help besides donating? So it kind of depends on where they are located. But generally what we have people do, sometimes they do purely bag collection. I will say this right now, though. Do not mail me your thousands of bags. <laughs> I love whoever is listening. I love your enthusiasm. Making the plarn is so easy. It's like 10 seconds to break down a bag. So, so easy. Do you have a YouTube video on that or anything for people to be able to watch? We have one being edited right now. But like I said, the plarn itself, you can Google it because it's been around for a while. Gotcha. Uh, We also have some very nice PDF instructions on our website. And those include those pro tips I was talking about, like the thickness we prefer and things like that. Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. I'll definitely link to that stuff in the show notes. So if people want Great. to be able to find that, the, they'll be able to have access to it. Yeah. So for people who want to volunteer, I mean, it's as simple as if you are motivated to collect bags, if you can find a friend who will make the yarn for you and you can find a neighbor who wants to crochet, then all of a sudden you've got your own little micro chapter going and you're going to have beds ready to help in your community. It's as simple as that. Awesome. And so uh, I saw one thing that kind of struck me on your guys' uh, Facebook page. You guys had something called a yarn party, or is it a plarn party? Called a plarn party. We love All that right. alliteration, yeah. So what? And that's just where people get together and make plarn together and have a good time. And just yeah, a plarn party is basically just a service event with a nice, fun name. But the idea is, what part of what's great about this project is when you're sitting and doing it, it's not high stress. It's not manual labor. It's not difficult. So you can sit there, you can cut the plarn, or you can crochet, and you can just talk to your friends, talk to whoever you're working with whether it's these dialogues about, you know, important community issues or just catching up with people and and taking a load off after a long day of work. We like to provide opportunities for people to do this together in a community setting. Right. Yeah. That's a great way to, to look at it. Yeah. And the great thing is our Facebook is for all of our chapters. So if there are people out there who want to do this in big settings, we can help you recruit volunteers and advertise through our calendar on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. I think that's going to be just uh, a great way for you guys to continue to grow is just uh, with the power of social media. Just like you said, you connected with someone in Pakistan. So this shows you that there's just a huge need. And through the social media channels, especially, that's just, I think, how you guys are going to be able to really grow this. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you guys are in a cold, you're you're in uh, Salt Lake City. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So cold there but pakistan kind of opposite but it allows people not to sleep on the dirt or the pavement allows a buffer exactly and the idea is that every community can probably benefit from this in some way Um, in pakistan it's mostly about the waste reduction and about 
you know, reducing the number of plastic bags that are ruining their septic systems, their plumbing, their waterways. Um, on, in coastal cities, this is great to reduce the plastic that's coming yeah. really out of the ocean or from getting into the ocean in the first place. And then in, in particularly cold parts of the world, it can hopefully be a life-saving resource. Definitely. I'm going to throw a wild card question at you before we end here. Please. So what's your vision? I, I want to know like, where are you going? I mean, I see on your guys' website, you have a goal of a hundred bags or a hundred beds by October, but it sounds like you got a lot more ambition than that to really help oh, people yeah. all over the world. So that 100 beds is like a small tangible goal for in Salt Lake city proper. We okay. have an event in October where we hand out beds last year. We were supposed to be at this eight hour event, hand out beds all day long. We brought 50. We were so proud. We ran out in an hour because there was such high demand from the. Oh, wow. Holy cow. And so it seems small, but our, our goal for this year is to double that and have at least 100 ready to go. It looks like we're definitely on track to re- reach that number by October here. Um, and we've given out more than 100, you know, in other cities and other places. But that's the goal for locally. And, you know, long term, I would love to see chapters, established chapters of this in most metropolitan cities in the U.S. because there are people I know who would like to volunteer. There are people I know who would benefit. And then honestly, long, long term, I would love for us to not be able to do the project because the bags don't exist anymore. Yeah, there we go. I love it. That's great. So let's thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. And hopefully we can create some more momentum out of this. I would love uh, for you to be able to give people, you know, your website information, social media. That way, if people want to connect with you, where they'd be able to do that. Absolutely. So our website is bagstobeds.org. It's T-O, not the number. And then Facebook is bags to beds as well. And we also have an Instagram at bags to beds. And uh, if you if you don't want to use any of those different resources, we you can always email us. It's just bags to beds at gmail.com. And the GoFundMe one more time. The GoFundMe is just bags to beds, T-O. And awesome. uh, you'll just see uh, you can scroll through. There's pictures of the beds so you can check out what they look like. There's pictures of Plarn, pictures of us at one of our very first service events. Great. I love it. So thank you so much again for coming on. And what I'll do is I'll make sure to put all those links in the show notes as well. So people will be able to go and, and pick those out of the show notes and just looking forward to, to seeing you uh, hit the different news. And I'll definitely uh, make sure that I share bags to bed on social media as well. So people can uh, continue to pass that forward. Fantastic. Thank you so much. If you liked today's episode, you can find more information at mycorneruniverse.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you.